This is Football Friday with Monty in the morning. Need the info so you can turn your money into more money? Money, money, money. NFL and NCAA locks are coming up. Make money, money, make money, money, make. Football Friday has you covered. Now, here's Monty. Hell yeah, it's Football Friday on the Monty Show. Friday, October 22nd, 20. 21, and it is nipply in this room right now. How beautiful is it that you wake up, it's crisp in the morning. Yep, it's fall, baby. It's going to be a good weekend delivering that Traeger smoker that we gave away to Chris Karn. Yep. yep. Delivering that tomorrow. It's a good life, bro. It is a good life. And then uh, I am depressed because Mammoth Mountain is open and I am not there. And it's week seven in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Already two huge games for BYU and Utah. We got you covered on that. Got to talk about In-N-Out Burger. Got to talk about people Myron at the gym last night. Are people Myron? Uh, duh. We'll talk about uh, wearing a mask at the gym and being. I felt, I don't know, maybe I'm too sensitive about it. I don't know. Are you? Yeah, I think I probably am. I felt like people were staring at me. Yeah, well, that's you their know. problem. It is. I, I I mean, it's not like it's impacting my workout, but whatever. It is what it is. Uh, Eric C. says, good morning, Aztec family. Already. <laughs> oh, show's two minutes old. Uh, speaking of Aztec family, let's talk college football on the Monty Show. Avi, we're going to start in the Pac-12 and stay in the Pac-12 uh, because we've got BYU and Washington State Coog on Coog action. Action. Um, this is a huge game for BYU. And, and I, I think a lot of people understand that maybe that, well, the season's over. Pool and weed eater bowl, um, which is fine. But I think you're still building momentum. I think you are still looking for big wins to finish this season, Jake. I think I, I'm not going to say this is a must win. But, Jake, I think this is a really critical game for BYU. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, anytime you can go out and beat a Pac-12 opponent, you're, you're, you're going to want to do that. Um, unfortunately, this week, Washington State uh, is not regarded as some great team or anything. But at the same time, I, I think with where BYU is at as a program, you know, you, you'd really like to see him win this game. I agree. It's not a must-win game just because, you know, right now you're not playing for, like, a New Year's Six Bowl or anything like that. But – at the same time, if you're in that program and you're a, a BYU football player right now, this is a big game for you. You know, you're getting hyped for this. Uh, you know, Kalani's been talking about all week how he was really upset with uh, the lack of discipline uh, last week and, and, and how they were not good defensively. And, um, and all I'm saying is that at some point, the defense has to pick it up here. I mean, you cannot continue to just not make plays. Like, you're, you're in a place where – you know, last week you have, you know, you have your quarterback in Jaron Hall, who, in my opinion, didn't play great. You know, he 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 played good enough for them to win a ball game. That's what my opinion is. Like he played good enough, but he didn't play great. And the defense really was the the source of the issue in terms of why they lost that game. So when I when I think about BYU against Washington State, I want to see a dominant performance. That's what I want to see. I want to see them come out. Uh, against a Pac-12 opponent and and flex. I want to see them show that they are a disciplined defense, that that they can make plays, that they're getting off the field on third down and not giving up, you know, first downs due to mental lapses on defense. That like that's what I'm going to be looking for. And then this whole Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney quarterback, who should be what situation? 
Um, I think it like based on everything I've seen this week, I don't even feel like this is even a conversation anymore. I feel like the program is just simply moving forward with Jaron, no matter what. You know, you've got players saying that you know he's great because he's got all this athleticism, but he still chooses to throw first. You know, you've got Kalani praising him. So I think at the end of the day, Jaron's your starting quarterback, and you know this whole dynamic of him not wanting to run the football is going to hold this team back. And and I don't think that that's going to change, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, one of the things that's very clear here is if BYU wants to get back to their winning ways, they've got to get uh, Tyler Algier the football, and they've got to get him involved. But, uh, again, I think to do that, you really need Jaron Hall to be mobile. And for two straight weeks now, he simply has not been. Outside of the one long touchdown run against Baylor, um, the running game simply has been absent from Jaron Hall's arsenal. And I think if that's going to be the case, and if that's how he's going to play football – I think you're going to have to figure out how to build route trees and route combinations that allow him to throw the football underneath, to loosen up those linebackers a little bit, to get guys off the football a little bit. Because his numbers is, and I know it's been widely talked about this week, but his numbers are a bit deceiving, right? And Jaron Hall is a really, you know, he's a really dynamic quarterback when he's healthy. Yes, he throws the deep ball, but... My point is that, again, the underneath game is why BYU is losing offensively. And, yes, I agree with you 100%. They've got to get off the field on third and fourth down. Um, they are amongst the worst teams in the country at getting teams off the field uh, on, on third down. I mean, BYU's defense simply does not do a very good job on third down. And they've got to figure that out. And this goes back to, um, you know, the, the, the system that you play is a bend-don't-break system. And when you play Ben, don't break. Third down becomes a very ball breaking down for you, and I think you got to figure that out. But I still think Jake, the biggest story uh, for BYU is is that you've got to figure out how to get more out of Jaron Hall. I, 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 I it, it pains me to watch Tyler Algier run through three, four guys mm -hmm. right at the the point of contact. I mean, he is not having the the easy route, and I think that's why they're trying to throw him the ball more. And I don't think he's nearly as effective as he was um, as a running back. And I understand that's why you're throwing him the ball. But until BYU decides um, to to loosen up those linebackers on on the the opposing defense, I just don't see Tyler Algier having the big impact that he had the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, and I, and I think it's it's a situation where you have one of two options um, for getting the running game going. I mean, you you either have to get. Jaron to run the football more and to become an actual threat on the ground as a quarterback, or you have to find a way to to discipline your offensive line uh, to to create holes. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, if you go all the way back to you know uh, playing Utah State, like you 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 look at it and you and you say, hey, like we ran the ball all over them, right? You you look at at Boise and and Algier had himself a nice little week against Boise too, so. I just when I when they're playing Baylor, I'm like, dude, like the offensive line was not opening anything up for them, and that was largely due to Jaron not being a threat at all. But I'm more a proponent of don't run the option. If Jaron's not going to run, why are we running the option? Like, why are we not running pistol formation? Turn around, hand him the football, and just play smash mouth football. Why why would you not do that if if Jaron's not going to be available to run the football as a quarterback? So I just I've never been a big fan of like the 
the hey we're gonna run the option but we're gonna kind of half-ass the option like like Jaron's not gonna be a threat and we're just gonna kind of run the option and and we're gonna run a couple plays and we're gonna lose about two or three yards of play I don't really understand that philosophy at all so it's gonna be one of two things either Jaron Hall is gonna start running the football more or they just simply need to turn turn around and hand it off to Tyler Algier and when Tyler gets tired hand it off to Peeney I mean that's that's like what this team has to do to get things going because at the end of the day, Jaron Hall is not a good enough thrower of the football for you to not run the ball and just have him win the game with his arm. We've seen that. Last week, we saw it. Oh, he threw for 300 yards. He's a great quarterback. Right, 300 insignificant yards because he underthrew all of his deep balls, which, again, still bothers me. But I, I think something else that you have to consider is who you're playing. In Washington State defensively, they're much better against the pass. And frankly, Washington State's wins this year have been – really a product of causing turnovers in the passing game. They've been able to create interceptions. They've been able to take away passing lanes very effectively. And I think that's one of the other reasons that you have to be able to play underneath if you're BYU this week. And I got to believe that that's what BYU is going to attack. Because when I look at Washington State, this is a team that is far better against the pass than they are against the run. But BYU is far better at passing the ball than they are running the ball the last two, three weeks. So it's this interesting dynamic. And obviously what's going on with Nick Rolovich, and and again, I will say I I don't see that being a huge factor no. in this game. No, I, I think that Washington State is – they know who they are. Their, their cult, the culture in their program is defined. Like, like if you look at what happened at USC, right, like firing Clay Helton, what, after week two or whatever yes. it was – that's a little bit of a different situation than than you know having to fire your head coach for COVID protocol in week seven or six or whatever. You're you're well into the season now, so the culture and the leadership on the team is well established. And and so to me, I think it is going to be a talking point on the broadcast, obviously. But I don't actually think that when it comes to you know smashing your face into another football player, that Nick Rolovich not being on the sideline is going to matter too much. Yeah, I, I think that it is. I think it's really interesting. I mean, some of the numbers on Washington State, um, you know, they they they're giving up nearly forty two percent passing success uh, on third down. Mm -hmm. So you can still beat you can still beat Washington State throwing the ball, but they're thirty ninth. Uh, against the pass, which is really good. Um, you know, they, you know, they're able to be more effective when it comes to points per pass uh, because of these big plays that they've created defensively. Yeah. So you, Jaron Hall's going to have to be very careful when he lets go of that football to the sideline. Um, and I think that you have to, and I mean, I'm assuming that every week that's gone by here, he's gotten a little healthier. So you would hope that, that, you know, his ribs and shoulder would be feeling better, but he has to RPO them uh, at some point. Yeah. He has to keep the football because those, and, and we showed it and talked a lot about it last week, especially during the game when Jaron Hall doesn't even, you know, you're running an option play and he doesn't even pretend to try and run or keep it immediately just pitches it. I mean, you're not going to get positive yards on that play. Yeah, he's not even taking away a defender. I mean, the whole the whole purpose, like, let's be on the same page. The whole purpose of the run-pass option is to have your quarterback take the football and run it up to the line of scrimmage and suck in at least one or two defenders. Make the defense believe that you are going to run the football. Yeah. And at the last second, 
pitch it out to your back who's going to and who ideally you would hit in stride who's going to get 5 or 6 yards that's what the the option should be but but when when the defense doesn't have to worry about you running the ball you're not really running the option well and if you think about the way that you got off to this hot start it's because you were able to hit those you know 5 6 yard you know throws when you were rolling Jaron out of the pocket or you know, you were able to keep that defense honest, and mm-hmm. then Tyler Algier would hit his big runs, and you would occasionally have the deep ball over the top of the defense because you were so effective underneath. Yes. Not trying to be redundant. I'm just telling you again. You've got to find a way to play underneath because that's where Washington State is going to be vulnerable. If you're going to live on that 12- to 17-yard throw down the field, they're going to get you eventually. It's so funny, too, that, that – you know, the conversation is Jaron running the football more, yet he's playing a team that, that is begging him to run the football more. That like that it's so funny how that works yeah. out in sports, you know, like and and I just think that at the end of the day, you know, yeah, are are BYU playing for a New Year's six bowl? No, they're not. But I still think they have a lot to play for. And I still think that that this program, you know, needs to much like Utah has, right? Th- this program needs to show some fight and some resilience and they yes. need to they need to, whether it's Kalani doing his job at a higher level or or whether it's the position coaches doing their job at a higher level. Like like last week, one of the biggest things that was that was so shocking was on first down, the linebackers weren't filling the holes. But then on third down, they were punishing the back at the line of scrimmage. Like those inconsistencies as a defense can't happen. You know, yeah. and, and so those are the smaller technical things I'll be looking for. Well, and I, I think one of the things you have to watch in this game is Jaden Delora because his last two games have been really good. I mean, he has played really well. And part of the storyline at Washington State, obviously, is uh, that you have a team that's won three straight games now. And you've done it against three pretty good teams in, in Cal. Uh, defensively, Cal is, is stout at the point of attack. Um, and then Oregon State and Stanford. And in the last two in particular, Jaden Delore has been very good. Um, and he's doing it against teams that, that are, are defensively tough, as the Utes are going to find out uh, in Corvallis. But I think when you look at uh, Jaden Delora, he's a guy that, um, you know, he, he's, you're going to have to figure it out on third and fourth down because teams are now routinely going for it against BYU on fourth down. Because the percentages are there. Yeah. It makes – the math is there. Like, and, and this is something that is growing in college football. You're hearing it. Like, if you watch college football consistently, at least a couple times a game, they'll talk about, okay, you know, this decision is not almost having anything to do with the, the packages that are on the field. It's got everything to do with what the what the numbers and the trends say. So, you know, if it's fourth and one, our percentage to get this is like 65%, so we're going to go for it. You know, if it's fourth and three, it's like 40%, so we're not. So, I, I don't know. It's terrifying to me that you've got a quarterback for Washington State who who is good in the passing game because this secondary is not – this secondary has issues. Oh, it's terrifying. And I would remind you – that Oregon State and Stanford were top 50 nationally against the pass, and he torched them. Bro. And BYU, I think, is 83rd nationally against the pass. And the weakness of this BYU team, if, if I had to pick one phase of the team that was, was weak, it's the secondary. Um, Chaz Ayu having to play linebacker and playing down in the box does not help. He's um, doing a damn good job, well, too. But like. he is. But the weakness in this secondary is that there's very little ball skill um, in the corners and safeties. 
and you are you are very inexperienced there. So things like double moves and go routes and choice routes, you know, where you're forcing a, a corner, uh, you know, to choose, and there has to be elite communication, has been a disaster for BYU's defense. Yeah, they have not to this point, and and what are we seven weeks into the season? They have not to this point figured out how to communicate on choice routes, and it's one of those things where you're forcing a cornerback who's already insecure to make a decision that requires a high level of confidence. Mm -hmm. And they're just not doing it. And it started, you really got exposed against Utah State, um, you know, and, and it's it's just rolled downhill from there. I mean, Boise took advantage of that. Certainly last week we saw Baylor take advantage of that. Uh, you know, that 15-yard throw downfield is torture for BYU secondary. And Jaden Delora made a living at that the last two weeks, and I think that's going to be a real problem um, for, for BYU because – Delora is playing his best football. Um, he is the guy, and I would point out, when Rolo got fired on Monday, who's the guy that stood up? Jane Delora did. Mm -hmm. And he's the guy that's leading this team, and you would expect him to come out and be inspired. So I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, if, if Washington State continues to play this way, the way they've played the last couple of weeks, um, which I agree is going to be very difficult, because they have not seen a defensive line and a set of linebackers like this. BYU's the linebackers are, I still maintain, are playing at an incredibly high level. Um, obviously, this defense has, has significant injuries, as does the offensive line. But these linebackers continue to make plays. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. The linebacker unit is going to have to win the day defensively for BYU. And if that happens, and if you can find a way to... to to hit Jaden Delora, you're going to have a pretty good chance at winning this game. Yeah, I'm terrified BYU's giving up 30 in this game. Oh, they're going. I, 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 no, no, like no. I, it's, they're going to give up 30. Like in this it game. is, it, and 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 the the thing is, is like, okay, if you give up 31, let's say, okay, that's manageable. You can still win that game if you have a good game offensively, but you can't do what you did at Baylor and be down two scores the whole game and give up 38 and think you're going to win this game. That's, I I think you are asking this Washington State team to do a lot in the span of a very short window, and when you're looking at yeah. at Rolovich being fired, it's not just Nick Rolovich; it's four of his assistants as well. You are looking at complete turnover in that coaching staff. You're looking at a, a team that's now led not by coaches but by players, and players at this stage in their career play on emotion. I think this is somewhere in the order of forty-two thirty-seven. And I think BYU is going to win the game. Oh, um, man. I, ha I have to believe. I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. I think it is going to be an absolute shootout. I, I don't see any way, um, you know, and if you look B you look at the number, it's not accidental that BYU is favored here. You look at the number being 56 and a half, that's not accidental. I'm telling you, I, this is going to be a shootout. And I think you're asking too much out of Washington State players, and I have to believe that a Kalani Sataki-led football team, um, I have to believe a Kalani Sataki-led football team is not going to continue to be a sieve defensively. I think BYU is going to find a way to win this game. Man, I um, I don't have as much confidence in them as you do. I, I, I'm not saying that BYU is in trouble or anything, but I have a lot of trouble seeing a Jaron Hall-led team scoring 40 points. I have a lot of trouble with that. I, that, that does not... I'm not comfortable saying that they'll score 40 points in this game. I'm just not. I, I think that Jaron will turn it over in this game at least once. Um, I think that 
you know, it really, this game, frankly, I think this game will be decided on how much he runs. I really do. Like, you know, you know what the defense is going to give you. You know what you have in Tyler I just have to believe he's going to be mobile. I can't believe. I mean, I'd like to believe that, yeah. But, I but I I mean, can we really, like, what we're making that assumption just off the idea that he's healthier. But I don't know, man. Like, this team does not, this offense does not function when Jaron Hall throws the ball. Yeah. It does not function. And everybody you know, gets all boned out over his stats and look at a 300 yards. They're losing games because they are not efficient offensively and because Tyler Algier is not your workhorse anymore. You, you, you're you're relying on throwing the football. You're taking and, him out of the game. And when Jaron Hall's your starting quarterback, relying on him to throw the football is, is asking to lose. Hi. Hello. I almost dropped my microphone. But the point is, when you rely on Jaron Hall to throw you to a win, you're going to lose more than you're going to win. Yeah. And I have to believe that at some point he's going to be able to run the football again. And usually when he runs the football, he gets hurt. So I think, you know, that's something to definitely watch it. I think they're going to win the game. I think that you're going to see things from, I you're going to see things from this defense you haven't seen yet because I mean, I have to think that Tuiaki and Kalani are not just going to sit here and let this team try to figure it out. They're going to put wrinkles in to handicap that secondary. Yeah, I hope so, man. At some point. I hope so. At hope some so. point, I would think. Yeah. What do you like? What do you think uh, score wise? I, I, yeah, I, I think it's 38-31 Washington State. I, I can't get down with BYU putting up 40. I just can't. I can't. Like unless, unless Jaron Hall just goes off and has a hundred on the ground and you know, probably 280 to 300 in the air. Okay, maybe we're having a different conversation. But based on what I've seen the last two weeks, I don't like what what I'm seeing. That Jaron Hall is one-dimensional, and he's not an elite thrower of the football. So if that if that trend continues, they're not winning this game. But I, I agree with you. There's an opportunity for, for Jaron to come out and light the world on fire if he's healthy. So we'll see. You know, it, 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 I just don't know what to expect out of Jaron. So – Going off of what we've seen the last two weeks, I don't like them to win this game because I don't think they're capable of putting up 40 points. That's my concern. Well, no, I'm not going to change. 42-37 BYU wins. Okay. And I think I think he runs the football. Um, you know, Jaron Hall is, I think, getting away from home. I think playing on the road. Um, I like BYU to cover the four and a half. Okay. I do. And I know I'm probably the only one, um, you know, okay. I, I, it, and I think this Rolovich situation is critical. What are the people saying? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at the comments yet today. Who's all pissed uh, off. I'm sure somebody is. Kenny says morning folks. What's up, Kenny? Eric C. Kenny says in and out is overrated. We're going to talk Dude, about we're in talking and out about today. in and out again today, and, and um, it's not good. Edgar says, "My boys, it's Friday. The Dodgers won. How about Chris Taylor?" Dude, I, I tweeted Yard last work. night. I hate the Dodgers, but Chris Taylor deserves all the credit in the world, bro. That guy. super clutch. Uh, Cody Strickland says, "Good morning, men." Steph's first quarter was fire, twenty-five. Points. Amazing. Second, not so much, but can the organization or league penalize Ben for faking an injury? That's exactly what I thought yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Ben I don't think Ben Simmons should be penalized for anything. I think this is one hundred percent the fault of the Philadelphia 76ers. You knew who this guy was coming out of college. 
You knew who this guy has been since he's been on your team. You asked him to carry the load offensively, and that's not who he is. You should have addressed this far, far years earlier. ago. Years ago. Way before now. You are in this position, Philadelphia, the 76ers. You're in this position because you have horseshit leadership. And you don't know how to run an organization. And Daryl Morey's frankly not a guy that you want sitting on top of your, your team. And this is why. Because he doesn't know how to handle superstars. Super stubborn, dude. Period. Uh, Brylark says, morning, boys. Let's have a great weekend. Let's hope Jake... Whoa. Hey, now, comment dump. Let's hope Jake pound towns some box and we get a nice story for Monday. I really don't care if you think it's us. It's not going to happen this weekend, boys. Okay. Sorry. No dates lined up. Okay, so we're back to the virgin days. Wow. BYU fan CJ says, uh, go Cougs, beat the Cougs. Coug okay. on Coug action. We contemplated um, having the thumbnail today be two Cougars mating. And just kind of scruff it and play with it when it's wet. So we were thinking just saying. about it. I'm just saying. We were thinking about it. Yeah. We didn't. We were thinking about it. Um, James Knight says, man, Steph Curry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy Wayman says, happy Friday, gents. What's up? Greg Hawkins says, sup, guys, go Utes. James Knight says, Washington State will tear BYU a new one. Hmm. Jeremy Bolton says, James, watch your mouth. <laughs> exactly. Cooper Royal says, uh, would love to see BYU drop three in a row. Okay, you might get your wish. Um, <laughs> LOL, I, I, James says, I really have no idea about college football. <laughs> Eric C says, James, be a San Diego State fan. Don't follow the a team that can't crack the top 25. Okay, here we go. Um, it's all doom and gloom. BYU will never win another game. Kalani isn't going to let this season go down in flames. He will make the adjustments, and we win going into the Virginia game, CJ says. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, if Jaron runs the ball and runs it effectively, that opens up Algiers' game and the passing game and everything else. That happens, BYU wins going away. Why isn't Jaron Hall running the ball? I don't know, dude. I don't know because we cannot definitively say it's a health issue because, I mean, yeah, sure, he's probably not – like he's close to 100% now, I would guess. But I can't definitively say that, you know, hey, he had sore ribs so he didn't run the football, you know? Like clearly against Baylor, he was more than fine to run 60, 70 yards to the end zone untouched. So you're really telling me you're not healthy enough to run the football? I don't really buy that. that I think that's he what doesn't, I struggle with. I think he doesn't want to get hit. Well. I think he doesn't want to get hit. Period. And then not to be an asshole about it, then you got to be a better thrower of the football, man. Yeah, and he like, probably shouldn't be out there. Like, you know, like and we also, had big, big, big discussions on the show at the beginning of the year about Jaron versus Baylor Romney. And I was a big, big Jaron guy. Like, I was a proponent of Jaron Hall. I really liked the dual threat nature. I really liked what he brought to the field. But now that I'm seeing the the lack of touch on the deep ball, I really struggle with it because he's not a precision passer. It should have been three more touchdowns last week. Let's be on the same page about that. Three, if you just throw it out in front of the guy, but he didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they win. Yeah, I don't. Now, what about Utah? Utah. The Utah Utes. So funny. We were talking about third down efficiency in the BYU game. That's all this game's about. That's it. That is it. Freaking Oregon State, dude, is one of the best teams in the country on offense at converting third downs and one of the worst teams on defense in the country at getting off the field. So this is a game where I'm like, all right, this is a shootout. I feel like this could easily be a high-scoring game. 
Yeah, I think the Oregon State Beavers. Beaver. The Beavers are very good at Research Stadium. And I think when you look at the way that Cam Rising's playing, arguably the hottest quarterback in the Pac-12 right now, I think this is a very, very close game. And you have to remember that Oregon State's got 10 picks this year. And they are one of the most turnover, you know, creating secondaries in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They haven't often put defensive games together. The total package, front of the defense, back of the defense. They haven't often done that. But they're very good at covering on special teams. So field position is going to be a huge deal here. And I think I think Cam Rising is going to have to continue to be who he's been since he took over this team. Um, you know, they, they with Cam Rising, they typically are running longer drives um, because, you know, he is an effective passer underneath, and he'll occasionally hit that big play, but he's also mobile enough to convert third downs, uh, which I think is a big deal. You know, they're averaging just short of three and a half minutes per drive, on these longer drives with Cam Rising, which I think is a big deal. Um, they're first in the Pac-12 in scoring offense, um, second in offensive yards per play, and third in total offense. Mm-hmm. This offense has gotten itself in gear since Cam took over. Yeah, They're going to need to be a little better than that to beat Oregon State on the road, and I think they know that. Um, and again, I would just remind you that every game is a Pac-12 championship game for Utah. When you're undefeated and you are controlling your own destiny, just win, baby. That's all it's about. And I I think that when I look at Cam Rising and he ranks second overall in ESPN's QBR at Mm 88.8, just behind C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, it's not hard to figure out why this team is running the football better Yeah, because they're getting much better quarterback play, and this is exactly what we just talked about yes. with BYU. Yes, And that is that when your quarterback can control the football and when your quarterback is dictating to the defense, it makes it much easier to run the football. And Tavion Thomas and company have really gotten loose the last two weeks. They're going to need more of that this week at Reeser in, in Corvallis. Because I've been impressed by Tavion Thomas's ability to catch the football out in the flat. He, well, he makes it look easy. Well, now that he is the number one back, and, I mean, he leads the team in carries and yards. Um, you know, he's he's got four scores now. Um, he's got two games. I think it's two games over 100 yards. Like, he's becoming that back that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And now you, you're kind of seeing the way that this, this offense has come together in that you have Tavion Thomas as your number one back. He's the guy that you're going to lean on. But now you also have depth and support, guys that bring you different types of running. Um, Tavion's a big, strong back that brings you power. You know, Micah Bernard is giving you a, a you know a different shift, a different gear, if you will. A um, little more on the outside, a little less versatile, in my opinion, than, than you have in Tavion. But I think, to your point, you can throw the ball to Tavion Thomas, and um, he is a, a very good catcher of the football I think they have a lot of versatility on offense right now, and it is also not surprising that because you're running the brawl, Brant Keithy is playing at a much higher level the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I think it's really significant. He has to carry this team offensively in the passing game. Brant Keithy has to be your number one, especially in the red zone, but you're finding yourself, when you go on long drives, 
you find yourself in third and fours, third and sixes, you know, those third obvious passing situations, you need a big tight end that can catch the football to do that. Mm -hmm. And with all due respect to Britton Covey, we've talked about this as well. Britton Covey has a very small usage in actual offense. He's a slot receiver. He'll catch the ball in big situations, but he is undersized, which makes it difficult to throw him the ball in tight windows because he's not able to create unless he's running away from somebody across. He's not able to body up space the way that that your wide receivers typically should or a t like a guy like Keithy can. So that's why I say he's really pivotal to this offense. So I love the fact that he's gotten going, but I also can't say enough about Cam Rising. Yeah. The job that he's done. It's impressive. Taking over for a quarterback that's quit. I, I, I just don't think you can rave about him enough at this point. Yeah, and I think he came at a perfect time. You know, I mean, I, I think this program needed – I mean, you want to talk about a program that needs the leadership to step up, right? And, and at some point, and whether we're talking about working at a sales company or we're talking about football, right? At some point, you need someone else other than your head coach to lead the team. You know, you need you need somebody who's a player to lead the team. And I, and I think that, you know, if we go back to Charlie Brewer leaving the program and, and quitting on the team, it was in that moment that the team was vulnerable and needed someone to step into that role. And, yeah. and, and the, one of the first things we heard out of, uh, out of this squad was that Cam Rising, uh, on the bench as a starter – no matter what his role was, was always positive and always leading the team. And I think that's what's enabled him to step right into this role and play great football. And, and I just think that at the end of the day, Utah is in a nice groove right now. Now, that can all come to an end in one football game. Absolutely can. However, I think Cam Rising's ability to throw the football allows you to, to beat teams like Oregon State. And I, and I really feel like with the way Oregon State handles third down on both sides of the football, I really think that's advantageous to Utah because if you can't, if if you're not going to get Utah's offense off the field, they're going to go up and down, up and down the field, you know, and and that and that to me is how the Utes win football games. The offense is successful, then then Devin Lloyd and the boys on defense get it going, they turn the football over, and now it's right back to the offense, and it creates this cycle for Utah when they're really playing well, where they just start taking over games and they possess the ball for like 25, 30 minutes a game. And you're just like, dude, like they're just dominating us. And, and that, and that really is what you, you want to see out of, out of this team. Well, I mean, when you look at Brand Keithy, Dalton Kincaid, Theo Howard's another guy that I don't think probably gets enough run on this offense. He's really emerged, but I, I think you, this, this is a great opportunity for this, this Utes offense. I, I think I feel really confident about them going into this game. And a lot of it is the offensive line, by the way, I think is also stepped up. I mean, we've spent a significant amount of minutes on the show ripping the offensive line at Utah. It's definitely gotten better. Um, it's that they've definitely played at a Gems better, improved. higher level. Uh, well, I mean, there was no way to go down. Uh, you were only going to get better. But this feels like a low-scoring game to me. This feels like a grind, grinded-out punch-him-in-the-face game. Um, this feels like, you know – 28 27 28 24 um and i i have to lean uh i have to lean towards towards utah in this game we are teetering on the <laughs> edge of destruction bro 
my dog is walking around in his blanket like underneath our camera and like dude what are you doing here see so we have a different feel about this game which is funny we're usually on the pretty same page i actually don't think this is going to be a low scoring game i my my feeling on this game after reading and and digging into to to oregon state and kind of seeing where they were at with things Mm -hmm. uh, my feeling was more that you know utah's momentum coming into this game was going to continue that they were just going to pick up right where they left off um and that's mainly because they're they're getting you know all you know all facets of the game are, are moving forward so like you know, you think about how well they're running the football, and then you think about how well Cam is throwing the football, and and they're just executing. So that's why I felt like, you know, you're going to be like Utah, I feel like in this game is going to be, you know, at least they're definitely going to be above 30 points in this game, in my opinion. Like, I think they're going to be 31 to 35 points, and I think that they're going to be able to turn Oregon State over. So I'm feeling like Oregon State's going to be 24 to 27, somewhere in there. That's the kind of game I think we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um I think Oregon State's a good football team. Um, I look at I look at their success, and I look at what um, you know. I look at what guys like you know BJ Baylor's been doing. Um, I mean, he is a hundred yard rushing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, now the question will be, can he run for a hundred yards on Utah? Um, and if he doesn't, does Nolan p- try to pick up some of that slack, um, which I would think that he would. I mean, th- this this offense is not spectacular at Oregon State. I mean, mm. it, it's not. They're a team that's going to rely, uh, I think, very heavily on clock control. And um, I think they're going to want to run the ball to win the game. I, I don't have any I don't have any question about that. Um, I just think I think I'm more in a place where. Um, you know, I think this this game's going to be dictated by those longer drives that Utah puts up, um, and Utah's ability to stop Oregon State from running the ball. If you if yeah. you can make Oregon State throw to win the game, you're gonna you're probably gonna win the game. Yeah, you're gonna you're have a lot Utah. of success. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know it, it defensively, you look at at what makes Oregon State go, and you know it's their linebackers. It's Avery Roberts and, and Omar Spates are two very good linebackers in this conference. We've talked about them all year. Um, and, you know, I, I think that those two are performing at a high level. And I think they're going to – you're going to hear their names for a significant part of this game. Um, and I, I think that um, – I'm curious how much how – much, whoever runs the football more effectively is probably going to win this game. Um, and that's why I think this this offensive line for Utah getting after it, and I think that – when you have a guy like Cam Rising playing as effectively as he has, that's why I lean towards Utah. But this is going to be a muddling game. This is going to be you're going to somebody's going to break off a couple of big runs. Mm-hmm. I, this feels like 27-24, 31-27, something. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if either one of these teams got into the 30s. Um, you know, that's just not how Oregon State's played. Okay. This year, so I I feel like with the exception obviously of the SC game, but SC's defense has been wildly undisciplined. By the way, this is a game that Utah needs to win. You have a stranglehold on the South, like you're you're in control. You need to win this game. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think thirty-one twenty-seven feels right. Thirty-one twenty-seven feels right to me. I think that's probably that's probably where I'm comfortable going there. I I just think it's. It's one of those things where 
one play here, one play there is going to make all the difference in the world. And I think that you're in a situation where I, I don't know that you have – Utah has zero room for error here. Mm -hmm. uh, that Because, again, I know that nobody wants to say that Oregon State's a good team. or Oregon State's a good football team. They're capable of winning any game on their home turf for sure. And they've traveled pretty well, too. I mean, they're the ones that really pushed USC off a cliff, in my opinion. Um, so, we'll see. I like Utah to win this game 31-27. 35-24, Utah. No, they're not going to blow them out. Okay. Uh, I That that would be shocking. We just, I, we just view it completely differently. That's all. Okay. And that's fine. Yeah, and you're usually wrong, and I'm always right. Yeah, I get it. You know. And I'm better looking than you, too. So Okay, good. Which good. is fine. Okay, good. Good, good. Which is yes, fine. Yes, good. You Excellent. Know. Perfect. It is what it is. All right, let's get some of your comments in here. Spencer Morgan says, Rising has been good enough to make teams pay for bringing blitzes both with his arm and his legs. I agree yep. with that. I think it was a huge key last week that Ludwig's play calling didn't go conservative. And it drives me crazy, both at BYU and Utah, that things get tough. All right, let's 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 you know let's bring our elbows in and – you know, be concerned. I hate that. Yeah. I think when thing get, things get tough, you have to go back and you have to, when you're getting hit, you got to start hitting. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that's a great point, Spencer. Yeah. Um, it, because I think that first half last week was really interesting. The, di the dynamic between the first and the second half was completely different. I mean, Utah was was done in the first half at halftime you thought arizona state was winning that game mm -hmm. not so fast my friends i mean it, utah came out and just absolutely put their foot on the gas and locked that game down so and i'll tell you this oregon state's not nearly as dynamic offensively as arizona state is and they're not nearly as physical defensively as arizona state is mm -hmm. so i i think that's a really good point by you spencer uh dax Johnson Johnson says as a vindicated BYU fan or a vindictive BYU fan, I should learn to read as a vindictive BYU fan. I hope Utah loses every game left on their schedule. Well, <laughs> I think they're probably headed for the Pac-12 championship game. Sorry about your Johnson. Whatever. Cody Strickland says, Eric, see, yeah, that wouldn't won't be for a while. OK, wait, I, what did I miss? Uh, OK. Uh, as a BYU fan, I hope Utah goes undefeated the rest of the year, Nick Hines says. Uh, Eric C. says, Clay should be. He was, of course, for a Hall of Fame career, still might. Cody, Rudy Gay, once healthy. Bro, what, a, what I missed what, a whole bunch of shit. What the hell is going here. on here? Well, I just got a huge comment dump, so Dumb. I missed a bunch. Yeah, the, you know. Sam Kim says, Beavs have a decent team this year, but Utah should prevail 20 to 13. Beavs. It will be 50 degrees and cold and rainy. No way it's a high-scoring game. But, see, I, I actually think that plays to Utah. Utah. Yeah. Because Utah practices outside in that weather all the time. Yeah. So, I don't I, – I think you're, you're looking at two teams who play in those conditions regularly. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows this, but Corvallis, Oregon is not exactly uh, Huntington Beach, California. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's no pleasure cruise. It's a crazy year in college football. Utah is a better team, but I can see the Beavs winning an ugly 17-16 game. Yeah, maybe. Uh, v for vanish mode says, I think Utah loses by three. <laughs> you guys in your names on this show. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says, I think Utah loses by 73. Well, that seems like a much more realistic prediction. <laughs> uh, Teddy Wayman says 27-21 uh, Utah. There you go. 
Josh Levern says B.J. Taylor ran for 145 yards, and Deshaun Fenwick ran for 127 and two TDs on Washington State last week and lost. Yeah? I think that against Utah, you better control the clock. Because if you're trying to throw the ball all over the place, Utah's going to make you pay for that. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, we'll see. Well, just take it easy. Take it nice and easy. Yeah, okay, just relax. Yeah, Mrs. Monty arrives with the blanket as the dog almost torpedoed the entire set today. Yeah, just take your time. It's fine. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm being bitter. I don't know. I, I, You know what? I, I think the interesting thing is that – I don't know that Utah has to rely one way or the other on offense to win games. So, I, I, I whoever runs the ball more effectively will win. Utah, the thing with Utah is they don't lean one way or the other, right? The, the reason they're winning football games is because they have a good balance of, of offense. They're running, they're passing, they're staying dynamic, like – like that's what happens when you you know you're gonna win games when you keep the defense guessing that but but to that commenter's point, you know the play calling can't get conservative when things get tough because you will inevitably in this football game face some adversity that's gonna happen like you should just expect that you know but but the question really is what's the game plan once you hit adversity so look at the end of the yeah. day they're gonna win this football game in my opinion I have more trust and more belief that this football team can come up with big plays based on what they've been doing. I think they have a lot of momentum. I think there's a lot of chemistry between Cam and the, and the wide receivers right now. And that's why I think 35 is not unrealistic. I think that's top of the mountain. You're definitely not scoring more than that, but I do think that they're capable of that because because they have big play potential. And by the way, let's not discount what this defense is capable of. I don't, I don't care who they're playing. When you shut ASU down like that, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, but again, I look at the Oregon State defense. I mean, they don't. They generally give up right around 100 yards a game rushing, and this Utah offense runs for about 178 yards a game, I think it is. Yeah. Utah's going to have to run the football. And I think when you look at the the fact that, that you know, the other thing about that defense is they tend to give up a, a, a lot of – a lot of I mean, 381 yards in college football is not a lot of yards. But it's a pretty good amount of yards. I mean, this is a this is an Oregon defense that you can score on. And I think when you look at the fact that Utah's offense generally puts up right around four bills a game, mm-hmm. I, I just think the formula is there for, for Utah to score in the high 20s. And if they get a turnover on defense, I think you're in good shape. I mean, I think that you're going to have to – do you like this whole thing of fourth, going for it on fourth down? Yeah, I think it's a calculated risk. I think that it, it the, like I said, I think it's, I think right now in college football, head coaches aren't saying to themselves, okay, I, uh, I've got a big running back back there. It's fourth down. Let me hand it off. I don't think that's what they're saying. I think they're looking at percentages and they have a whole pamphlet of when they should go for it and when they shouldn't. And I think that teams are practicing going for it on fourth down a lot more during the week. I think they're and and they're executing at a higher level. So. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I do like it. I, I think that, you know, winning football games comes down to executing in risky situations. The teams who don't fear the risk and they go for it on their own 40, you know, in the first quarter and that, that play allowed them to go and score a touchdown, which essentially won them the game. Those are the kind of plays that make a difference, you know? So, yeah, I like going for it on fourth down. That said, don't be an idiot on the road, right? Like, don't be – like, if you're playing a road game, you know, you don't want to be dumb about it. So, yeah, I do like it. But 
it's a calculated risk. Well, I actually like it a lot. Um, and when I look at, when I look at kind of how all of this breaks down and I look at some of the numbers and I see that, that Utah is what minus three in this game, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, you're probably not, you're probably taking, I mean, I, I, I guess, I don't know. It'll be, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't bet this game at all. 31-27 Utah wins. I'm not going to change. Okay, great. I'm not. I'm sexy and I know it and Nice. Okay. I am I am going to I'm going to stay right there. 30 31-27. It's too it's too early. It's it, it, it we're talking wait, hang on. Hello. What do you want? Oh, hey, there we go. Mrs. Hi. Monty Hello. wants to say something. What do you want to say about this? Hello. You were you said you're sexy and you know it, and I just was saying dead sexy. Yeah, I am. Jeez. Okay, why see why do you guys have to the do this hell? whole thing? I mean, why do you guys have to do this whole thing? It makes it all weird for me. I will spread my seed when I want. Dude, stop. Oh my! Why? Did you see the story about the guy who has fathered over a hundred children, oh, and he was actually out like he was banned from going to Israel to donate any more sperm, so he came to the U.S. so he could donate more sperm. Um. So wait, you're saying that this dude went to Israel to? father a hundred children what is you know. fucking moses here yeah like, no dude. no like they, dick. he he had already i guess donated sperm he's donated sperm in so many different places but he had like steal somebody's passport or borrow it you know to get wow. into israel okay. so he could you know donate get it on some there more You're than so 100 fucked. kids more than 100 children have been born from his seed so you Damn. can spread your seed anywhere. Damn. I'm just saying. That's a talk about a power seeder. Just um, so you can go to Pound Town. Yeah, like I okay. Well Okay, back to football. Thanks for contributing. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Monty shows up to talk about ejaculate. Who knew? I think that's HIPAA. Uh thirty one twenty seven Utah's winning the game. Wow. Uh, Tanner Plum, okay. uh, Spencer Morgan says, how great would it be if Utah took the Pac-12 this year after we spent the first half of the season writing them off? No, you guys wrote them off. Bet you weren't expecting this one. Yeah, I did not write Utah off. I told you. I didn't you, write them off at all. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Okay. I, I've said all year long, go back after Eric C. beat Utah. Or, I mean, the San Diego State Aztecs beat Utah. And I told you, everything's to play for, and people are mm. writing it off, and the season's over. And Kyle Whittingham's you an asshole. You have to admit they looked like trash, dude. No. I they think looked no. like trash. I, I think Noodle Nugget fucking Charlie Brewer looked terrible. He looked like trash. Okay. I think this Utah team, you can't plan for what this Utah team has been through. Mm -hmm. You just can't. And so you, you, all you can plan on is your character and your foundation. Mm -hmm. And at Utah that with Kyle Whittingham as your head coach, that's always going to be good. And I've never written this team off, not one time. Provo Pit Barbecue, I want my credit. Anyway, Provo Pit Barbecue says, who is even coaching the football team at Wazoo? I think your mom is. Um, I don't know. I don't know who is. Like, yeah. Next question. Like, mom's showing up with a bag of sliced oranges, and she's like, "Okay, let's run wind sprints." Like, I don't know who's their coach. Jaden Delore is the head coach of that team. Period. You know, Vanish Mode says Jake's been going to Israel, question mark? Yeah, man. The hinge game in, his, in Israel is crazy. It's J lit. James Nando sa says, okay, guys, we've created a monster giving Mrs. Monty a microphone. That's what I said. That's what I said. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Eric C. says Utah was an easy win for the Aztecs. Yeah, that double overtime, that was easy. Um, <laughs> 
Provo Pit Barbecue says, I wrote them off with Charlie Brewer at the helm. Thank you. CJ says, more Mrs. Monty, less Mr. Monty. Okay. Uh, Eric C says, <laughs> yeah, stop it. Uh, Eric C says, San Diego State at BYU on the schedule. The more easy sons, the better. Okay. Okay. Uh, Provo Pit Barbecue says, mom would kick their ass all day long. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Eric, BYU is better than San Diego State. Deal with it. Well, not according to the rankings. I mean, come on. San Diego State's got – I don't even know San Diego State's schedule, but I'm just going to be a jerk about it. San Diego State's got San Jose State. I mean, how? who, do, who isn't – I mean, I, did we buy our airfare to get to that game? Like, are you kidding me? That game's – they're, they're going to bump the Alabama game for Arizona or for – I can't even say their name. They're you guys so good. Want to kick it, um, we'll flow. Yeah, I don't even know their names. The San Diego State Chuck Longs. I mean, you're just you're you know, um, fucking uh, put them in the SEC right now, right? I mean, college football playoff for the Aztecs. I um, mean, who doesn't want that? Don't they play in a somebody else's football stadium, like or something? Like, you know, you know. Um, Nick Hines says BYU would wreck San Diego State. Eric, do you see what you what you do to this show? You like you come in here and you talk about oh Brady Hulk. Oh. He's an assassin. Anyway, Vanishing Mode says Jake will have 100 strong for a football team in about 18 years. Yeah, his former fiance, who he was not engaged to, but she was engaged to him, um, um, and that he broke up with over text. You like, know, wanted to field a full 52 man roster. Like she was ready to pound town and like put out kids left and right. Like, she was just ready to, oh, God. Um, she, see, this is so, what happens. This so is what happens. He actually was dubbed the Sperminator. Jake, it's a name you could totally wow. adopt. See, Jake, you're the, okay, who was, oh, the guy in Israel. The Yeah, so it, over, he did, okay, 20 children in 2020, and he's expecting another 30 Bro. this year. So he's close to 100. Dude. Where does this guy work? Sorry, 21 children in 2020. Like, how the, is he so funding wait, this? I, this show's off the rails now. Okay, so you're saying that this guy went to Israel, jerked off at a cup like 100 no, times. No, it's not just in Israel. It's just that the Israel was the only country who said he couldn't come there anymore. Who the fuck is that guy? Wait, when you say he, when you say he couldn't come there anymore. <laughs> wow, dude. I just need some clarity. When you say he couldn't come there anymore, do you mean he's allowed in the country, but he couldn't actually deliver the supply? Or do you mean he's not allowed in the country anymore? Direct quote. I wasn't meant to have 90 kids. You have to make it happen. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> okay. Wow, dude. Wow, bro. What in the like, world is happening What the here? hell? I, I, Dax, Dax Johnson, wow. maybe appropriately so. Dax Johnson commenting, is this Israel Sorn donor LDS or something? I mean, yeah. listen, for real. Listen, Moses led his men through the Red Sea. I Bro. mean, good Dude. Lord. I mean, Woo. wow. Okay. Uh, Provo <laughs> Barbecue says, okay, breakfast is now soured. <laughs> it is. It is. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, <laughs> Nick Hines says, no, Mrs. Monty on the show is fantastic. Everybody says that. Great. Awesome. What's an erection? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's switch gear. By the way, your score prediction for the Utah game? 35-24. 31-27. Um, let's talk a little National Football League. The National Football League. So, obviously, the game of the week is Chiefs and Titans. Obviously. 
I want to take the Titans to win this game. I do. Should you play the locks music? Monty and Jake are giving you their locks for college and NFL football. Plus, the inside info you need to know to make the right call. Now, let's get you the locks. Here's Monty. Okay, now we can talk football. Okay, so I think the game of the week in the NFL is the Chiefs (laughs) hit the Titans. I really want to take the Titans in this game. Yeah, dude. But I'm going to take the Chiefs. Because the Titans have not... The Titans don't impress me. In big games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't. Listen, here's here's the thing. I think the Titans have a great chance at winning this football game because they're at home. And I think that Derrick Henry had one hell of a performance last week. And I think, he, again, a lot of momentum. We know what to expect out of Derrick Henry. And the Chiefs are not playing good football right now. I mean, you're talking about struggling to beat the Washington football team. That's not good. That is not good. Now, that said, they're dangerous. They're not – I'm not saying that they're a crappy team, but I just think with where these two teams are at, this game's a lot closer than I think people are giving the Titans credit for. But so much money has come in on the Chiefs. This game started at three. It's up to four and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the over-under is 57 and a half, four and a half in favor. The Chiefs are winning this game. I think you got to take the Chiefs. I don't know how you bet the Titans. Tannehill was terrible at times yeah. last week. I mean, The Derrick Henry factor is why people are taking the Titans. Speaking of Sperminator, like, you know, like Brown has had, a, has had like mud butt for like the okay. entire week because he had food poisoning. Bro, you just dropped a mud butt on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are we going? Ass vacuums next? No. I mean, we could. Um, I don't know, though. Like, and this is the Julio Brown or the Julio Jones problem. Yeah. Like, you can't count on Julio Jones, and now A.J. Brown has food poisoning and mud butt. And Okay, fine. We'll take the damn Chiefs. We won't make the neat little pick of the Titans. Fine. Fine. Assholes. Okay. Well, like, hey, man. It, it be what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Cincinnati at Baltimore. Really, this game's only six points for Baltimore. Yeah, that's some shade. This should be this should be like eight or nine points, dude. Come Speaking on. of Sperminator, watching what the Ravens did to the my guy Justin Haybear last week. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. By the way, how many times are you gonna work in Sperminator right now? We're gonna get Jake a jersey. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jake is good. Jake. <laughs> Jake, your new—I guess your new name now is. Next now. thing we know, we're gonna start talking about you know white iguanas and salamanders and stuff. Like, get okay, the hell out of here with that. It's the white salamander. Bro, get the hell out of what, here. What is your what is your bone for like iguanas? It's red iguana and white salamander. Anyway, the point is, I think I am all over Baltimore against Cincinnati. I love Joe Burrow in his Clinton-esque cigar smoking. But I, I think you got yeah, to take the Ravens. Yeah, you, you have, have to. to. There's just no way they're holding them down. I think you have to. Um, and then the Tom Terrific TB12s are hosting. Wow, good height of your yawn there. Hey, listen, um, it's Friday. It's been a long week. Don't hate. Dude, I slept so good last night. <laughs> oh, my God. I froze my ass off all night and just was out cold. <laughs> it was amazing. I don't know how you were, you were freezing. I was fucking dying of heat all night. Yeah, well, I mean, you are in menopause, I guess. Um, the point is, it's not awkward for you, Jake. It's fine. Jesus. Um, well, hey, dude, when the valley goes dry. It Stop. Th- okay. Stop. Anyway, the point is. Stop. 
Um, I lost my train of thought. The yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not your first time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Is Justin Fields a good quarterback? Yes. He is a good quarterback. He's what Jaron Hall should aspire to be. Oh, fuck. Why? Like, <laughs> why would you even go there? Because it's true. It's true. I think It is true. I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. Um, that said, they're not beating the Bucs. So let's just be very clear about that. I think Tanner, yes. Anybody? Tanner wants to know if anybody's heard of the white salamander letter. Yeah, that's Guy, why we that's brought it joke. up. That's the joke. We have Netflix. Hello. People died over that letter. Let's not forget that. Well, the fake letter. But the point is, the point is, Justin Fields is an okay quarterback right now. The Bears got to learn how to play football. And frankly, this is a game the Bears should be in. This feels like that game where you have enough speed at linebacker. You're getting decent amounts of play on the on the offensive line. The Bucks are a little dinged up here. They're coming out of Tom going back and molesting Bill Belichick. Okay. Like, I feel like this is a game that I want to say the Bears could pull the Stop. upset, but they won't. Stop. They won't. Don't. You're don't. We're we're not even at the horse track yet. Stop. Like we can't even. No. The the Bucks are winning this game. They're gonna win it by at least the ten points, and that's it. Like, there's not much talk. By about. ten points. Yeah, they're winning this game by ten points. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um. I think that when you have the issues that the Bucks have, um, I don't know about that. You're not you're letting your you're you're letting your love of this team get in the way. Levante David, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and OJ Howard all did not practice. Jason Pierre-Paul is doubtful. Mm -hmm. Richard Sherman is out, and I think they're going to have significant injuries. And the Bears, for the most part, are pretty healthy. And by the way, five deuces balling out. My guy, Khalil Mack. Yeah. He is He is having the year that you hope this guy Tom, would have every Tom year. Tom Brady's beating his defense. It's just, uh, he's just going to. Like, Who leads the NFL in quarterback sacks and pressures? I, the Mack. Chicago fucking Bears. Yeah. You pick the Bears. You hang your flag. They're Tom's losing this gonna, game. Tom's going to get hit. This is going to be a one-score game. This will be a game that will be determined in the fourth quarter. The Bucs will have a letdown. I'm telling you, this is going to be a close game. I'm going to take the Bucs to win the game. Okay. But I'm telling you, this is going to be closer than you think it is. Okay. And then finally, it's the Houston Texans at the Arizona Cardinals. Deshaun Ooh. Watson's against the Kylers. Uh, the Cardinals will be 7-0. <laughs> yeah. Won't even be close. Another 10-point victory. Wing cover over. Easily. The fucking Cardinals are favored by 18 points. That's what I'm saying. This game ain't going to be – this is going to be a Kyler Murray clinic. 18 points. In the NFL. All right, Sperminator. Where should we uh, – by the way, uh, Jazz and Kings tonight. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. It always is. The Kings always present a good challenge. Well, the Kings are really athletic. Am I the only one who's not – who's a little concerned that the Jazz are no better defensively? Like, did you notice that the other night? Yeah. <laughs> The core is the same. This is the same team, just a little bit better on the bench. Like I. By the like, way, Royce O'Neal still sucks. Anyway, the point is that they're not they're not very good defensively. Like they cannot keep guards off off the paint. Like, no, the paint is wide open against the Jazz. Everyone says, "Oh, well, they got Rudy." Yeah, that might be true, but 
when you can drive the paint and penetrate the paint and then you can kick it, you're you're going to lose games. So if we if you want to kick it, we can flow. Yeah. Um I think if you guys want kick it, we'll flow. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's going to be a trend to watch. By the way, Suns and Lakers tonight. Mhm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Suns and Lakers tonight. Yep. Don't Jazz, make a mess while you watch that game, okay? Jazz and Kings. I uh, well, it's going to be laying on my thigh. Dude. The remote control, I mean, to change the channel. What? Like I'm booked. What? Like why? Why you're such a pervert? Oh, no wonder I'm the pervert on this no show. No, no wonder you fathered like a thousand children in Israel, dude. Suckmyass.com. No, Come on, guy. No, I'm not. I'm not the Egyptian sperminator. Get out yeah, of here. You are. Yeah, you are. He's Jewish. Yeah. Whatever. Egyptian Jewish. Same, same thing. thing. White iguanas. Yeah. Come on. What are we talking about here, man? When are we going back to red iguana? I don't know. You were supposed to take her out last night, weren't you, for tacos? I yeah, but then we, already gonna. we went and worked out. We went to the gym ass. instead. Right? I'm not the guy who was, like, FOMO'd out. Like, oh, fear of missing out. Better. You had a contact lens appointment last night. How did that go? Yep, canceled it. Got to go to the gym. Snowboarding starts in two weeks. My, eyes, my eyeballs are fine. Fat ass. Yeah, how about that? Mammoth Mountain is open. Mm-hmm. Today is opening day at Mammoth and Keystone. Yeah, bro. Where are we snowboarding today? Oh, wait, that's right. My wife won't let us, so we're not going to. We'll just be here slaving away over the hot stove of Yelp. Making babies. Making babies. Um, wow. <laughs> by the way, by the way, um, did you see who made President's Club at Yelp? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yep. We yep. did. These Same. guys. Some of us made it two years in a row. We're a power couple, you know. We kind of do things together. You know. Uh, a 17 to six is not Tom molesting Bill. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I hope the Eagles win, but I'm taking the Raiders 27, 17. Tanner says the, the Eagles suck. Yeah. Straight up. They're not good. James Knight said, has Ru- Rudy developed that elbow J yet? See, this was a big thing on Twitter the other day. I made the mistake of talking about how Rudy hadn't hit a jump shot opening night. And people were like, it's one game. <laughs> Why would you tweet about Rudy? Because I'm stupid. Provo Pit Barbecue says, oh, no, talking carnival game called basketball. Let's add cornhole, too. (laughs) Tanner says, I'm concerned with the Jazz's defense, too, but tell Homer Boulder Jack he'll throw a fit. Yeah, I, I well, that's he's paid the throw. Yeah, like what do you what, what do you, you expect like, out yeah, of the dude, guy? The guy's paid by the team. Come on. Cam Harrison says, "Go Jazz!" Morning guys. Teddy Wayman says, "Sorry, the Bears just suck." Thanks. Uh, Tanner says, "40 to 17 Cardinals." Teddy says, "35 17 Bucks." 35 17. Yeah, dude. Whatever. If the Bears go to the playoffs, Nagy will get an extension. Stop again. Stop with that. Stop with that. It just it's no, <laughs> no, no. Um, so let's talk about in and out. Yeah, this pisses me off. Okay, so here's a question for you. Yeah, in and out burger. The burger is good. The burger itself is good. Total package is weak. Here's the problem with in and out. In and out has always been as somebody that's grown up Catholic, and now I find myself anti-religion. Mm-hmm. I am very pro base, pro faith. I am very anti-religion. God bless. They've always had like John 316 on the bottom of their beverage cups. I don't care. Like that doesn't even strike me. It doesn't impact me in any way, shape or form. You Mm want to go God on me? Great. But then they started with this anti-vax thing. And I was like, okay, what sense does this make? You don't want your customers to be protected. 
We know that COVID thrives in indoor spaces. Mm-hmm. So in and out got in trouble in San Francisco and had to temporarily close. They were only San Francisco low. And by the way, I found out because we talked about this the other day. It also happened in Pleasanton as well. Ooh, South Bay. Yeah, South Bay. Yeah. Okay, so in and out had to close a couple of locations. Yeah. <laughs> because they would not enforce California's vaccine mandate of proving that you're vaccinated to dine indoors. Yes. So they were fine. They had to close. They said, okay, fine. We'll reopen, but not to indoor dining. Mm -hmm. You can drive through or sit on our patio. Okay, fine. And then they came out and said, well, you know, we're anti-government and making people do anything vaccine. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, this seems a little like, you know, you're, you're kind of being radical here. You're really the only major corporation who said that. Okay, cool. Then the news comes out yesterday that they're also anti-LGBTQ, that they have heavily donated to conservative Republican politics over the last 10 years. Just like, like Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it's gotten ugly. Yeah, just like Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. Just like Chick-fil-A. And Home Depot. But you still eat at Chick-fil-A. Not and, anymore because the one by us is closed. And you still shop at Home Depot. I don't shop at Home Depot. So we, when we bought our Traeger Ironwood, yeah. it was cheaper at Home Depot. Yeah. It was more readily available at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. And you legit were like, we're not spending money at Home Depot. What are you, Musk? Yeah. We are not buying this at Home Depot. Yeah. You were like, no. Yeah, not doing it. Not doing it. Barbecue pit stop. Small business. Yeah, you refuse to shop at Home Depot. Yeah. Even though you did buy a pressure washer because now we have cement all over our pavers. Yeah, because you, you, you guys frequent Home Depot. Not that that's bad, but we just happened to be there and we needed a pressure washer. And I was like, all right, fine. Well, needed a pressure washer. Yeah, we did. It was an absolute need. We've used it every, ever yeah. since we got it. Yeah, and the Falcons needed new wide receivers, so we had to buy a pressure washer. We've used it sitting in the box. Yeah. What? Like a paperweight. What? Ever since you got it. <laughs> it is in the garage in the box. We need to use it. We need to clean the Traeger. We, well, no, we need to clean the pavers. Yeah, that, and the Traeger. The only negative that came out of the deck hot tub thing was that when they poured the cement, the cement guys dripped cement all over our brand new pavers. Did they clean the fence off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But there's cement dripping everywhere, so we need to kind of power wash that pad, the yeah. deck, the pavers. The so thing. we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, the point is, yeah. Um, so do you? So you care enough not to shop because of the way people's politics? Are. Absolutely, hundred percent. It absolutely matters. Yep, yep, yep. I'm tempted to leave AT and T. Yeah, AT and T. AT and T is another company that heavily heavily donuts. Yeah, to OAN like, and the Republican Party. That's what you promote is just misinformation and BS. Yeah, the AT and T thing. I've thought about it more than seventeen thousand times. I didn't know that about AT&T until, like, whatever that was two weeks ago or whenever John that came Oliver, out. Yeah. That's when it came out. Yeah. No, no we, we talked about it before John a, talked yeah, about AT &T it. Yeah, AT&T Wireless, um, essentially the parent company of AT&T Wireless and AT&T, um, fu funded the launch and continues to be the main advertiser for OAN. Yeah. So there's a bunch of that. Uh, Giggity says, you'll find companies aligned with conservatives because – of their uh, preferential tax treatment. Oh, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. That doesn't mean though that my dollar has to go to them. Yeah. You know. I mean, it is so. I'm not. I'm done eating it in and out. Yeah. I, and I've Five said this for for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Since all this stuff started happening. And it's really unfortunate too, because there's nothing more. There's nothing I like more than you know driving down to SoCal. You know, sunset, getting a 
in and out burger. I mean, that's like, you know, a great experience. Yeah. The problem is Verizon sucks. It doesn't suck, actually. It doesn't. It's Their been one service of the easiest. is terrible. It's not. It's okay. really not. Like I think it's probably even now. It, it used to there used to be a difference, and I think now it's probably even that they're they all just are you know yeah I mean it like if you really I have need service it's gonna take time to like get in it. the gym you have no service I have five bars in the gym well yeah inside the gym I have no well even outside the gym I have no service yeah I would I would agree with but that. then there's other situations where you have service and I don't so I that's why I say it's six to one I mean there's just gonna be areas where you don't and you do so yeah. what are we really talking about yeah no I I don't I don't disagree with you I just yeah, I think you have to politically align with the people you spend your money at. You know, I I don't like I don't even want to know what Harmon's political leanings are. I don't want to know. Yeah. Because uh, if I can't shop at Harmon's, like I will just starve to death. Yeah, and, and because so, there's no Whole Foods on this side of the freaking valley, which is amazing. What to the me. hell? I don't get it. Whole yeah. Foods is fitting great down here. It would, and you know that I think the only Whole Foods it is over in Cottonwood. There's two. There's Cottonwood and Sugar House. That's uh, right. The there is house. one in Sugar House. That one. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, yeah, like political leanings of companies. Yeah. No, it's it's annoying. It is. It's very annoying. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think that that's a that in and out thing really bothers me. And it's unfortunate I won't be able to eat there anymore because I do love them. Um, and then there's this Brian Laurie story. So we told you yesterday that we thought he had committed suicide and that his body was found in his Florida swamp. Mm. And it was confirmed by dental records yesterday that, in fact, the body they found with all that his backpack and all his clothes, Avi, <coughs> through dental records, they confirmed that it is Brian Laurie, the guy that so allegedly murdered huh, Gabby Petito. But um, why did I hear that there's more body parts that they could find? I thought it was his body. Apparently well, not intact. No, not intact. Uh, well, you're in a swamp in Florida, man. I mean, there's going to be wildlife there. And the other issue is that like the body count in this Gabby Petito investigation is like four now. Like they found so he's a, killed multiple. Oh, people? No, no, they found other people in they, the swamp. They found one other person in the swamp and they found somebody like within view distance of Gabby Petito's body. A guy so who had gone like out a, there and these killed are dumping himself. spots. Yeah, exactly. These are spots where where people go to kill themselves or dump bodies or like the shit that goes on that we're we're not even aware of oh, in yeah. this country. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. That's, and yeah, and my wife consistently hits me for being too security conscious. I'm telling you, there's weirdos every day that you 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 don't know, man. There was something on TV the or maybe it was Howard Stern the other day mm-hmm. who was talking about. Yeah, it was Howard Stern the other day. He was talking about. You know, you how many serial killers do you think you've walked past in plenty. your life? Plenty. And you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Plenty. How many? And the other thing is, and this is where it gets crazy. Like Ben Anderson, his dad worked with Richard Speck at Utah. Mm-hmm. Like crazy. But like how many times have you almost died that you're not even aware of? Yeah, I don't know because I'm not aware of it. A lot. Like it's crazy how many just missed car accidents you had. How many? Well, I'm a big you know, so I'm a big believer that the whole driving thing, like if you're a talented driver, you can mitigate that pretty heavily. Ted you Bundy, know? I'm sorry, he worked with Ted Bundy's dad. That's um, I think the serial killer thing, you don't have any choice in that. I mean, that's just you being out in the world and happenstance happens. You know, 
So yeah, I the serial killer thing freaks me it out. It does make it does make me think about carrying more. I can tell you that it makes me think about getting something smaller and carrying more for for protection, especially in this state. Yeah, there's a lot of weirdos in this state. I'm just telling you, you have no idea who's knocking on there's your door. There's a lot of weirdos there is. in every There's state. a lot of weirdos yeah, in every two. but this is different, dude. Guy, we lived in Arizona. Yeah, there were but, weirdos but on every block difference. in Arizona. Here's the difference. Are here's you the kidding difference. me? The difference in Arizona is not every weirdo walks into a Maverick strapped with a huge handgun on his hip. That's the difference. It but was see, open carry, though. You, you saw it in the 7-Eleven yeah. down the street. Like, yeah. but, well. but here's my problem, though. Guys like Brian Laurie are fucking cowards. Yeah. Like you are yeah. when and it and it's the it's these guys that go in and and they do one of two things. They go in, they'll shoot a shoot up a theater. Oh, I'm mentally incompetent. Didn't know what I was doing. It's put the my fed, name it's in the, the paper. It's the FedEx shooting. It's the school shootings. Yeah. It's all put, those put my name in the paper. Like I'm a big deal. Did you hear that they actually were able to uh, supposedly intervene and stop a mass shooting here in Utah? Yes, I did hear that. Yeah. I did see. But, Finally. But the point is, and this is why I don't like going to the movies. Never mind COVID. I don't want to get shot going to the movies. Like, I think about, like, that Colorado theater shooting changed the way I look at the movies. But that was, like, you're paying attention to one incident when every single day there are millions of movies that play. Yeah, I understand that. Millions. I totally understand and that. And one time. But mass shootings in public now are are regular it's daily almost yeah and so it just i don't know i'm a little more cautious than most people are even Generally with like COVID. speaking even with like covid yeah. i'm a little You're more cautious, cautious than most people are yeah um i if i don't touch both of my door locks at night i have to go down and touch them again i won't sleep as well yeah like it's just that's just the way i am i think we are one step away from being murdered every single day well okay that's paranoid no, I'm not. I, I I don't think it's paranoid. I just think it's obvi. I, I don't know. Am I being paranoid? Mm, I, you know. I think it's a little strong to say you're one step away from being dropped every day. But I mean, I think if that was the case, why aren't you carrying every day? Why aren't you like, you know, Well, because I, I don't leave the house very often. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I have gun. I have guns placed around my house. I mean, yeah, I'm not talking about when you're at your house. I'm talking about in public. Yeah. If you're that concerned about it. Well, I'm not. I, I, the other thing is I think I have an advantage of being – I'm a pretty big guy. Most people don't. Right. Although it's pretty amazing at the gym. People always want to like – Yeah, they do. Mess with me for whatever reason. But um, I very – very rarely do people actually try me. Like, um, But I just – I don't know, man. I'm, I'm very cautious about how I go about things. I, I have a habit of like when I sit down in my car, I lock the door. Like I just think in those terms. Yeah. Uh, on a probably too much on a regular basis. I would agree that you're probably a little too paranoid about it, but I mean I'd rather you be too paranoid than leaving <laughs> oh, your doors unlocked. Me. Eric C's sister now has an account. <laughs> Eric C says, Sorry guys, my sister joined. Eric C's sister says hello. Hey Eric C's sister, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, what's your name? Hey baby. Uh Brandon Whiteside <laughs> says, Jake's logic weirdos are strapping in seven eleven, so I better carry. Um, why do you the first guy started to carry circular logic. Okay, cool. Whatever rocket science shit you're talking about. Uh, all I'm saying is that when I walk into a Maverick, I don't want to have to worry about getting shot in the face. Is that, is that circular logic? I think, you know, there was a video that I tweeted last night at this Marine was in a convenience store and a guy walked in and tried to rob him. Yeah. And he, he torched him. He took yeah. over. I'm not that guy. No, nobody, no general human being has that training. That's specialized military training. 
I'm not trying to stop a robbery, man. If in my Mrs. Monty and I have talked about this last week, I think we talked about this. I would have no second thought or guilt whatsoever. If you come into my house, I'm going to put a bullet in you. Well, yeah, I won't even think twice about it. I'll ask questions later. Yeah, because if if you're, you know, yeah. Spencer Morgan says, no, Monty, it was Ted Bundy that Ben Anderson's dad worked with. Yes, correct. I corrected myself. Ted Bundy is who Ben Anderson's dad worked with. Um, But yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm probably too security conscious. I, I think you can't ever be too security conscious at the house, but I, I think to, I mean, if you're legitimately going around saying you're one step from being fucking dropped, I think that's a little too much. You, yeah, I mean, you don't have to say it out loud, but I mean, I think it's true. So you never know who for you're a with. family who grew up in Illinois, Illinois, as soon as they moved to <laughs> yeah, California seriously. because of, uh, what was it? The night stalker. Tim was trained to have a small wind chime on the blinds in his bedroom. In was case, that really? Yes. When I first, when we first started dating, y- y- y'all all had. Ooh, Jordan like, Reserve on sneakers app. Fucking let's go. Let's ev- go. Every week. Let's it's go. It's so reliable. Every Come on. week, bro. A- and it won't load. Are you kidding me right now? That's that AT&T life, bro. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Jordan Reserve. Let's go woman's bone no i don't want those no i don't want those no i don't want those no uh air jordan 6 porto yes please yes thank you let's submit payment on that oh the bordeaux are so nice please god thank you okay you're in line on that one i got that shoe already ah it's not a great reserve damn I don't know. Like the are you, you get uh, so excited? Oh, 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 I love gold it. Gold hoops. Gold hoops. Gold hoops. What do you mean gold hoops? What am See, I missing? This is this is what I'm talking about. What? Oh well, you know we got to save a bunch of money. We're taking all these trips. Oh my God, there's a sneakers app reserve. Losing our minds. Yes, we're losing the our minds. Gold hoops. You don't see that? I don't see the women's gold hoops. It's a six. I don't see the gold hoops. Whatever. There's no love. Nope. I don't. We're you don't the, lift. I see the women's shimmer four, which should be no. a guy's shoe. Below that. Um, oh, yes. there it is right there. Women's. Do you want that one? Yeah. Can you try to get that for me? Please? Yes. Yeah. What size do you want? You're like um, a 10 see, and a half see women's. See what goes down on this it's family? It's a, a women's. Like you see. Uh, it's like a men's 10 and a half women's. What is it? Women's. Oh, geez. Women's. You got to be better than this. You got to be better than this. How do you this? not know your own fucking Come on. shoe size? Because they're different. Be on better. The people, it's do you see what 10. I deal with? Be better than this. It's a men's 10, women's Honey. 11 and a half. <laughs> Honey. All right, I'm in on the Bordeaux. Uh, I'm in on the Bordeaux and the Electro Orange. Thing. You want me to try for the Bordeaux for you? Yes, please. Please, God, yes. Try for the Bordeaux. <laughs> what are the comments saying? Uh, I don't know. They're like, what's wrong with you people? Okay, yeah. so Eric C's sister's all up in this mug. Yeah, now. hey, what's up? How are Jeremy you? Jeremy Bolton says, hey, Eric C's sister. Hey, How's Eric C's sister? Hey. Hey. Yeah, you got to you gotta like tweet at us so we yeah, can see. Yeah, what's up? We have How to be you? able to put a number on you because we're okay. gratuitous and we're got men. You. Um, <laughs> got him. I got you your shoe. Got him. I got you your shoe. You I haven't better. been notified yet. I got him. Uh, let's see. Spencer Morgan says, no, Monty, Ted Bundy. Okay. Eric C's sister, are you a San Diego State fan too or do you not care about sports? <laughs> James Knight says we carry a pocket knife down here and and get arrested. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, Eric dude. C's sister said not a San Diego State fan, but likes sports. Okay. James Knight says, honey, honey. Um, Giggity <laughs> says, I guess we'll be selling a pair of those shoes. Oh, you got them too. Nice. <laughs> 
James Knight, did you see that idiot calling for U.S. forces to deploy to Australia to liberate you guys? Yeah. What's up, motherfuckers? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Tanner Plummer says, Eric C's sister, nice. Wish you could do um, Air Jordan 1 mid-bone. Bro, what? What? What is going on with the shoe releases today? I told you there was a Jordan Reserve coming. You had to know. Um, Eric C's sister is a teacher. Oh, okay. The so night guys. She's, okay. she's right up no, my alley. I'm sorry. Teachers are out. We've been but through I think she's, several is it, teachers. Isn't she milfed already? I think she's. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I think she's married. Oh, damn. Okay. okay. Oh, I got him. I got the electro. Oh, wow. This is going to be an expensive day. Uh-oh. Did you really? <laughs> Bro, you guys just dropped like a G on shoes. Are you kidding me right now? We did. Uh, StockX, here we come. Jeremy, but yeah, exactly. Dude. Jeremy Bolton says, it's awesome. We have the entire SD San Diego State fan base on the show. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, that's great. Fat Bet Jesus says, expecting this one. yeah, don't ever interrupt Mrs. Monty for shoe drops. Hello, Mrs. Monty. Vanishing Mode says, no more teachers, Jake. Exactly. Yeah, for real. Spencer Morgan says, by the way, congrats to Ben Anderson back on the air at 1280. Just got just got better. Yeah, I and we talked about that earlier this week. Like, it is – I I think radio in this town is pretty not great. Mm-hmm. But it's good to have young blood back on the radio. And I'm a huge Ben Anderson fan, so uh, I'm glad he's back. Uh, no, she is the teacher, the Nye guy says. Oh, hey. What is, what is that? Oh, oh, oh she's oh, not it's like she's the teacher. teacher. She is the teacher. Oh, okay, got what it. What are we teaching uh, here in yeah, class what, today? Yeah, Eric can C. I get some detail? Can I get the lesson plan, please? Hey, uh, Eric C's sister, what, uh, what's the subject matter? Uh, wow. Tanner Plummer says, uh, Eric C's sister, if you weren't married, would you go on a date with Jake? Uh, Avi. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Come on. Duh. Don't be an idiot. Duh. Eric C's sister says, guys, I'm not a teacher, LOL. Okay. Okay, what are you? Mm-hmm. We've effectively... Well, apparently other people have said you are. So... Yeah, I mean, perception's now you have reality. A perception's reality, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this I'm just. This is going to be an expensive day. All right, let's list those shoes. Um, <laughs> You know. What's, so real quick before we get out of here, we got to go see Chris Karn tomorrow. Yep. Um. So we got to dr- drop him off the um, Ironwood 650. Ironwood 650 with the cover and a bag of pellets. Yep. So we'll do that tomorrow. We've got to power wash the pavers. Hopefully, I'm going to be bummed if that cement doesn't come off the pavers. It will. And we got to be careful with the sand in between the pavers. We have to hang the snowboards. We got to hang. We Yeah, my house hang is Hang the sunglass right racks. Refix our shoe wall. Wait, you got a wall. sunglass rack? Yes, because sometimes there's too many sunglasses that are laying all over the place and then they get scratched and then people (laughs) want to murder other people. I really don't care if you think it's us. Yeah, I don't. James Knight says, funny how a female gets in the comments and it's like blood in the water. (laughs) 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 Um, That's funny. Um, No, for real. What does she do? What is your job? Eric C. says, can't believe she would like the show so much. The Monty Colt grows. Yes. Eric C. says, right, James? Yes, there's blood in the water. Yes. Uh, Eric C. also says his sister's a big fan of Mrs. Monty. Teddy Wayman says, sorry about the pavers. If it doesn't come off, let me know. Oh, no, I'm not complaining about it. It's not your fault. I mean, the <laughs> Teddy's, like, Teddy's like, Alma, please. The cement guys. <laughs> like, that's what happens when you when you pour cement. It's it not gets clean. everywhere, dude. Yeah, it's, yeah, not it's, clean. it's a messy process. Uh, hail our cult leader, Monty. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Service me, hoes. Wow. Let me skip the night guy's <laughs> comment. The night guy. James, that's Utah for you. 12 dudes to every one woman. Uh, wow. Yeah, pretty much. Ask Jake. Ask this is going to happen. Tonto. Yeah, Jake's well aware of that. Dude. 
Um, and then I need, like, I need to go snowboarding. So I, I, you know what I, and Mrs. Monty won't do it because she's conservative in whatever. I think we, we try to find somewhere in, uh, that's open and go spend next week somewhere. Cause I want to snowboard, but Mrs. Monty won't let me. Greasy hands, auto Sean Butterfield. Nice name. Wow. Whoa. Says, uh, love the Monty show. I need to go early. Dang it. Yeah, we're going to end now soon anyways. Mrs. Monty adds a positive dynamic. I like her. Stop. Uh, Eric C. says, and now we drink the punch bowl. They're, okay, wow. Is this a Monty punch bowl cult David Korash thing? David Korash. No, he Jonestown. Went, Jonestown, same thing. Kool-Aid was. White iguanas. We get it. That's yeah. fine. Stop. God, <laughs> fuck. Stop. Uh, guy, given Utah's history, you would think it's the other way around than I guy says. Well. But it's one guy with twi- – it was a polygamy. Right? Yeah, anyway. That was a joke, you know. You get should it. probably just play the music. Okay, yeah, fine. Okay. I'm glad it's Friday. I'm ready to, like, take a nap. <laughs> I slept great last night, by the This new bed that's not a $6,000 rocket yeah, ship. Yeah, uh, you know, like a regular bed that actually works. It's awesome. You like, know. I'm finally sleep. By the way, Mrs. Monty, did you sleep well last night? No. Wah. You didn't? Why? I was roasting hot all night long. I woke up like 10 times. I did not. I was sleeping. It was a little cold. Uh, Play the music. We need to go. Bye. 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 Honey. All right. uh, Make sure you subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you're here right now. Appreciate you being here. Subscribe. We're going to give away this Xbox when we get to 3,000 subscribers. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. The Monty Show. Jake is SLC Supercars. Mrs. Monty doesn't do social media. Honey. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Bye, Jake.